0: welcome to the Andrea Kay
1: Show. It's all I want. She's
0: blonde, five foot two.
1: It's all I need, yeah.
0: And 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea Kay.
2: This is my There's nowhere I'd rather be. Don't be playing no gobble-gobble sounds the night before everybody sits down to eat some gobble-gobble with some gobble-wobble. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving Eve and welcome to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Glad to have you guys here with us tonight. Hump Day! It is Hump Day, but not just any Hump Day. It is the Hump Day before um, the Great Hog Down, as I used to call it when I was a kid. The great hog down. We'd sit and have a hog down on Thanksgiving. And uh, and what a great American tradition that is. Nothing says America more than stuffing yourselves and making sure you're wearing. And you know what? The good news is, when it comes to a hog down, is that we've now become a nation of wearing athleisure wear, which is like yoga pants and stuff. I mean, back when we were kids, I got to bring my man in here in a minute. Back when we were kids, it's like people didn't have... That kind of, you know, we didn't have this athleisure wearer and these elastic waistbands by, like everybody's wearing. That was back in the day when you had to wear a pair of pants like one or two sizes bigger and be prepared to do, be, wear a blouse or a shirt that, that hangs over the, the waist so you can unbutton them and not expose yourself, right? The glory days of Thanksgiving. Gotta bring in my man here. Not Because he, he's ready to weigh in on this topic. Uh, get my pun there. It's none other than DJ Potato Skins.
3: You know, Andrea, you just hit a, you hit a nerve because I will say that that is something that's bothered me for a very long time. And thankfully, Mrs. Potato Skins is not one of those women. And she wears regular pants and regular jeans and doesn't uh, <laughs> default to the yoga pants. And it's a beautiful thing.
2: You know what? It is in part because... And I've said this, and I'm one of millions of people who've said this. um, Spandex is it's it's not a right; it's a privilege. Okay, not everybody who who wants to be wearing skin tight uh, synthetic uh, clothing really should be seen in public wearing skin tight clothing, and not to mention the fact that I mean I think there can be appropriate times where you're wearing that. Well, well,
3: it's funny because I I I see a lot of this athleisure wear as Mm -hmm. you're talking about. I see people Mm -hmm. in Starbucks, whatever, and maybe they're coming or going. From working out, most of the time, though, it's probably not the case.
2: Growing up, um, we didn't really have large Thanksgivings uh, with a lot of family around. But we did, in, in, so we didn't dress up for Thanksgiving when I was a kid. But we, did, we, wore, we wore what might be considered dressy clothes now because we wore actual clothes and got, we didn't sit around in pajamas all day long. I'm curious to anybody out there, do you guys, who still has get-togethers where people actually dress up? right um I, I i my circle my family does my family does too we still dress for holidays and occasions it may not be super it's super spe- dressy it's a
3: special time where right. family comes together and you want to you know make a statement
2: yeah i mean i don't expect somebody to be sitting around in a coat and tie although that is seen at christmas gatherings and at least it was back you know in in new orleans era 888 344 before we move into some hot topics, if you want to weigh in and let us know. If you'd like to dress up uh for holiday and, and I mean beyond just New Year's Eve, because most people, if they're gonna go out, dress a little bit nicer on New Year's Eve. But isn't it interesting that we'll dress we'll dress up more for New Year for like New Year's Eve, which is not even you know, like not really uh, any
3: big significance.
2: Well, yeah, it's not like it's not like Christmas where we're celebrating the birth of Jesus, yep. you know. So uh anyway. Um Gosh, how do I segue from that to the latest mass shooting story of the day? We got another one out of Virginia. What I find interesting about this story, first of all, prayers for the victims in any of those. I just can't imagine what it's like to be shopping in a store like a, you know, uh, any in just out in a store or restaurant and just somebody starts opening fire. I can't imagine what that's like. Uh, So I can't imagine what it's like to lose a loved one in this in this scenario. It doesn't matter to me what the identities uh, and what anybody looks like and what they you know their politics uh, in terms of victims. Y'all know know where I stand on that. I don't like elevating certain victims because they match a political ideology. What I do find sad about this story, in addition, or not. the story is sad itself. What what I find striking and what I'm noticing about this story, unlike the Colorado Springs uh, shooting story, which by the way, if I look up on the monitors, they're still showing highlights of the victims from Colorado Springs, and I'm not releasing anything on this uh, shooting in, in this Virginia Walmart, where we had um, six victims. Uh, some people are saying seven because he killed himself. He is not a victim. So there were six victims involved here. What I find striking is that I don't really see anybody really talking about it. There was a clip that was played earlier on our station from somebody that was asked about it. And it was, uh, you know, we got to figure out what we can do about society. And that's really all I'm really hearing about this shooter. Uh, unlike Colorado Springs shooting in which the bodies were, sti- were still there immediately, immediately, it was politicized. Immediately, it was a push to blame MAGA. Every time, in fact, Uvalde, same thing. Every time, d- d- depending on who the shooter is, it's pretty much immediately a rush to blame conservatives, Republicans, somehow, some way. That has not been the case here, which I find inter- interesting. What do you make of the fact that this particular story isn't being politicized? Skins. We're not hearing much about it. The left isn't seizing upon it and talking about it, which it, makes you think why. Well, it makes you think why because they're not able to they're not able to to hang this on MAGA because the shooter is African American who shot
3: himself. It's all. It always is funny because if if it fits their narrative, they hit it right away. Every network, and now you got to really pay attention to find details.
2: Yeah, and and and. You do, and you also have to be cognizant of what are they not telling you and why is one um, – uh, this kind of reminds me of the Waukesha, right? That, that, there was almost no coverage of the Waukesha murders where, where an African-American black man mowed down Jews and, and Christians – I can't remember, I think it was at a Christmas holiday um, parade – and he mowed them down. And he represented himself in court, showing what a psycho he was, and that got almost no coverage. And this, what I'm still seeing, like I said, is what, what I, um, is, uh, I'm is i seeing, you know, just continued talk about the Colorado Springs. And speaking of that, we, we didn't really have I, – what I thought was interesting about that story in terms of the shooter – is that I didn't know much. Here's how you can know that it's not really somebody that matches MAGA because their name and their picture and who they are is not immediately put out there. Um, their their social medias are scrubbed as they put forth a certain narrative about the shooter and the narrative immediately about Colorado Springs shooting because it happened at a gay nightclub where there was a drag show happening as though, uh, as though everybody in there was a gay person even though they weren't. And somebody went in and shot up the place meant that they were there targeting gay people and do, targeting gay people on behalf of uh, conservatives and uh, the anti-trans movement and that's absolutely not the case I want to play a clip for you because suddenly as the shooter we didn't know that we didn't know the identity of the shooter until the shooter the day the shooter was going to come and appear in a courtroom <clears throat> and and the identity here uh, and I don't watch CNN but here is Allison Camarado. You guys might remember her from Fox News days. Here's Allison Camarado. <laughs> when a producer starts talking in her ear, kind of like skins will talk in my ear at times and tell me, you know, things are going on or what, what's happening or whatever. So she's got a producer talking in her ear who's revealing to her the truth about the shooter in Colorado. Clip four. Attorneys for the accused shooter, Anderson Lee Aldrich, say in new court filings tonight That the suspect now identifies as non-binary in a footnote to a motion asserting legal privileges. The public defenders say, quote, Anderson Aldrich is non-binary. They use they them pronouns and for the purposes of all formal filings will be addressed as mix Aldrich. So in other words, not Mr. or Ms. Joining me now, CNN political commentator Errol Lewis, also back with me, Al Franken and Joe Walsh. I don't know what to say about that. I mean, that's not anything that we had heard (laughs) from his background. Stop for just a second. I don't even know what to say about that. This is nothing that we've ever heard. I mean, she's like so upset. She's so disappointed. Because this just completely destroys the entire narrative that we've been hearing for days and days now. When did the shooting take place? Saturday night? And it's Wednesday before we find out really who, who, any of the truth about this shooter? They hid this from us. And now you know why. Poor Allison Camerata had to deal with the, tr- she didn't know what to make of it. Well, then this other panelist, let's continue with the clip because another panelist, he's got an idea. Let's hear this. If anybody here, are you guys lawyers? I no. mean, you know, I don't know if the, I, I don't know what to say about that. I mean, th- that's <laughs> what he's now saying.
0: It, it sounds like they're trying to prepare a defense against a hate crimes charge. That's the least of his problems, legally speaking. But it looks like they're trying to build some kind of sympathy or at least confusion on the question of whether or not this was purely motivated by hate.
2: Such a, I mean, that is what it sounds like. We'll wait to see. OK, Gloria Allred and Matt Locke the crack legal team on CNN. This must be they're just this has just got to be him cooking up a defense. Well, you know what? First of all, I find it that would be implausible. It would be stupid if the if the defense attorney tried to do that if there was not a, a record of him already uh claiming to be non-binary and calling himself mix and going with they them. But let's 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 play this out for una momento my dear skins. Let's play this out that this was something that the defense attorney came up with. I'm kind of liking it. I'm kind of liking it. Cause you know what? First of all, I can't stand the bullying involved in this pronoun situation.
3: Yep. Can't stand it.
2: Can't stand it. Uh, Matt Walsh. I'm not sure if I mentioned this on the show. Matt Walsh was on Dr. Phil talking and he was confronting a transgender person and the, and, and when it came to the subject of pronouns, I thought it was the most brilliant response ever um, you know, he was asked something along the lines of, well, don't you think it's disrespectful? I just, or the trans guy said, I think it's, it's disrespectful, you know, to use pronouns that somebody wants. And he goes, why do you think, Matt Walsh says, why do you think you get to own pronouns? Maybe, okay, you, you want to own pronouns? Maybe I get to own adjectives. He goes, okay, I, from here on out, I demand that everybody refer to me as the smart and handsome Matt Walsh. I'm just going to own my adjectives. I mean, I wish you could, guys, I, somebody needs to Google that episode. Matt Walsh is absolutely brilliant. And the reason why he was on Dr. Phil is because he's got this amazing, brilliant doc, uh, documentary out about what is a woman. And he's just going around and asking people what is a woman. Um, so, But let's say that that's what this criminal defense attorney is cooking up, a good defense. I like it because I can't stand the bullying of it. And I also can't stand of, of this pronoun situation. And, I, and, I, and I, I, they have politicized this case. They've politicized this case, and, and quite frankly, all hate crimes legislation is politicized. It's about trying to con- it's, it's about weaponizing crimes and to manipulate the American people to push a political agenda. That's why this whole thing was, they didn't want you to know about this mixed person and the they, them, and the non-binary. And that's why it's just been constant beating the drum and of, you know, pushing trans. And that, you know, if you don't speak out, if you care about these victims, you'll speak out on their behalf, using it as a weapon to get you to validate their choices, that you're some kind of a cruel person. If you don't now, you can't support the victims and feel bad and have compassion for the victims and the families if you don 't validate transgenderism uh, and and quite frankly I, you know this was a drag show drag shows aren 't necessarily transgender people there 's been many people that performed in drag over the years. They never cut anything off and that just was like their art form right so so part of this is just a, a, it was a huge part of it actually it 's just the left trying to continue to push their transgenderism. What else are they trying to push? Uh, well, of course, we're going into the winter season, and the left is trying to push you to get more jabs. we got to talk about that because it seems like WAPO might have thrown the little elf on, on a shelf, Fauci, under the tracks. Speaking of tracks, later on in the show, we're going to be talking about the possible the possible impending uh, rail strike that's about to happen. So we're going to uh, share that with you guys later. Stay tuned. This is the Andrea Kay Show on AM 1170, The Answer, Thanksgiving <laughs> Eve. 88
0: 344 1170 You're listening to the Andrea K Show on the Answer San Diego.
2: Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show, Thanksgiving Eve. At least uh we we don't have the pressure this year. We don't have people trying to tell us that we gotta we gotta have no more than three people over and be in our backyards. Whatever you do tomorrow, we just hope that you enjoy yourselves and give thanks for uh, the great food that you're about to eat and hang out with your family. And just we just love you guys so much. And we are thankful from everybody here at AM 1170, The Answer, and and The Andrea K. Show. We are very, very thankful for you guys. Yeah. um, So before the break, we were talking about these shootings and the left, you know, politicizing what's going on. And speaking of politicizing, they're continuing to to try to politicize COVID right? I mean, Fauci in his little Fauci farewell address refused to answer questions about the origins of COVID, but continue to push and tell people that um, the final message I give you from this podium is that please, for your own safety, for that of your family, get your updated COVID shot as soon as you're eligible. This was yesterday, right? Well, today, it looks like WAPO, the Washington Post, which is, you know, you know really if if you're running short of any kind of paper products, including bathroom paper, typically washington post is is a good substitution for that, right? Well, they came out today and said headline: Covid is no longer mainly a pandemic of the unvaccinated here's a little number for you guys fifty eight percent fifty eight percent of coronavirus deaths in August were people who were vaccinated or boosted, which means they were not vaccinated, nor were they boosted. They just got shots. According to an analysis conducted for the Health 202, uh, who is uh, by Cynthia Cox, who is vice president at the Kaiser Family Foundation. And let me tell you, the Kaiser Family Foundation is hardly a right-wing outfit. Um, What they go on to say, though, in this article, and it goes on to say it's a continuation of a troubling trend that has emerged over the past year. So at first they tell the truth, that this is a pandemic of the jabbed, right, almost 60%. And this is understanding, and that number is based upon understanding that the numbers coming out of hospitals and the reporting of those dying from having gotten the shots is not exactly accurate, right? We know that. We know that hospitals were cooking the books on numbers of cases, they were cooking the books on who was dying with COVID as opposed to who was dying from COVID. We know that the numbers are not accurate. So if they're saying it's almost 60% who've died from uh, uh, who've died from COVID had gotten the shot, it's probably a much higher number, right? Just to start with. So then the article goes on to try to justify try to try to explain why the problem is not the shots. <laughs> the problem is People just aren't getting enough of the shots. These are people that just hadn't gotten all the boosters. That's what this article goes on to say. That the that the efficacy wears off.
3: Well, how many times do you need to get boosted? Israel's like on their what their fifth, sixth dose, and it, it,
2: nothing's changing, Andrea. Exactly. In fact, in, in fact, it, the article does not ever explain why you're now you're saying that that it's a pandemic of those who haven't gotten all their shots because they're wearing off. Well, let me remind everybody that, that we were told by Joe Biden and everybody else that one shot and you would be done and you would never and you you couldn't get it or you couldn't give it. Instead, it's
3: the opposite. They'll never be done.
2: They'll never be done. They it's it's about an annual shot now. This is why God gave you two arms. They're not honest. They weren't honest in the beginning when they told you that it was a vaccine when it's not. And that's why they changed the definition of a vaccine. Then they told you you needed an additional shot. Now we're up to four or five and they want it to be an annual shot. There's a di- there is a documentary out that Stu Peters has done called Died Suddenly. He was actually on uh, Dr. Gina's show tonight. um at, uh, Dr. Gina Primetime right before I was on Real America's Voice and she was interviewing him and, and I, before I invite him on I want to watch it myself and see what he's talking about. I know that he's including information with the embalmers that we've talked about and we know that that's an accurate reporting. I want to watch it. If you guys have seen it, it, it was uh, it's it's tr- it's trending. I think in the last 24 hours, 7 million people have watched it. If you have watched it, give me a call and let me know what you think. 888-344-1170. Uh, Gina did a good job interviewing him and She said, let me give you a chance to... Um, respond to your detractors evidently there was there was a one small clip in there that involved somebody dying suddenly and it was an, a basketball player before covid so i i, I want to know i'm going to watch it myself before i rush to inviting him on because i want to make sure that you know there's only so much due diligence i can do on a story but for something like this i want to i want to be a little bit careful because i don't really know Stu peters and i don't know what to think about that but you know who i am impressed by today Ice Cube. Was he, was, he behind, was, was he the one who did the song, It's Gonna Be a Good Day? I
3: believe so. That's one He's of my also, favorite besides 90s. Besides being a uh, fantastic uh, rapper, he is a great comedian. He does a lot of family-friendly films, all-around great entertainer, and now I like him even more.
2: Well, I do like, um, y'all know I love 90s throwback jams and I liked 90s gangsta rap. There I said it. And uh, it's a very, it, it's going to be a good day was one of my favorite rap songs from the 90s. Um, but I hadn't really followed his career since. And then I, then I see this vid- video come out where, and uh, where he's talking about how he turned down a nine million dollar acting job in a movie because he didn't want to get the jab. Say what? I'm going to do my own sound. Hey, before effect. before we
3: play this, I just want to say I know it's Wednesday. Got some fabulous programming coming up Thursday, Friday. Hero of the Re- week, right here. Yeah,
2: because let me tell y'all, this is this is a bold thing to be saying in Hollywood. Um, it took my man some time to edit it because Ice Cube is loose with some cuss words, so we had to do some beeping. But you'll get his point here. Please play.
4: Not turn down a movie because I don't want to get <laughs> Yeah, You know, turn down nine million. Because I didn't want to get that. You didn't jab. get <laughs> that jab and f y'all for trying to make me get it. Oh. So, you know, I don't I, I don't know how Hollywood feel about me right now, you know what I'm saying? But you know what? It ain't just Hollywood no more, though. You can go through the the, the uh streaming streaming ain't got nothing to do with That's Hollywood, Hollywood bro. Yeah, is it, it really? Yeah, you think so? It is, it is. They on some <laughs> But you know what I mean me too. I'm on some too. So. <laughs> Cube Vision no Indy and man. I'm working it. on it. Let's put something together like the weather, man. You dig? Don't worry Look, about nothing. I
2: dig, man.
4: It's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, got a lot of food, a lot of things up my sleeve. Yes, mm. yeah. Fresh out, man. Mm-hmm. Turned out nine million. Yes. Well, I, mean, I didn't yes. turn it down. Didn't give it to me because I wouldn't get the shot. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh, I didn't okay. turn it down. Oh, Okay. They just didn't give it to me. <laughs> oh, because you wouldn't get the COVID shot. Yeah, the COVID shot. Oh. Okay. The jab. The jab. The jab. Yeah. And the didn't At all. You didn't me it? Nothing. I didn't catch it at yeah, all. Yeah, I didn't need that. Yeah. Well, you know, circumstances, I got lucky. Yeah, me too. Ain't going to take no. <laughs> I
2: don't need. Word. Isn't that what the kids, is kids still saying word these days? You know what? They still say it. <laughs> They still say word. So much that I love about that clip. First of all, I love the homie talk with all the, we know that Ice Cube don't sit around talking, you know, no mo. With it. <laughs> people, Ice people. Cube is just Ice Cube. <laughs> He's just being Ice Cube. Um, but let me tell you, they, they don't want somebody uh, leaving the farm. I'm just going to, I'm not going to use the P word. I'm going to say it. You know, he has left the plantation, and I'm not even talking about for African Americans. I'm talking Hollywood, right? Because they are all – you're supposed to be towing that liberal line. And let me tell you, the liberal line in Hollywood is everything about the shots. He was and the not lockdown. bashful
3: there at all. No.
2: This is a man who say what you want to say about gangster rap and you don't like dropping the F-bomb and you don't like this and you don't like that. You've got, to, you've got to give credit where credit's due to somebody. that. And by the way, he uses the terminology plandemic in there. He knows the time of day. He knows the time of day, right? And the other guy says in there, well, something about, well, okay, they're streaming. And he goes, no, man, that's Hollywood.
3: Same thing.
2: So I love how he busted on the jab. He refused to call it a vaccine. He he understands how bad it is because if you're going to turn down $9 million because you don't want to get that jab, you know that there's something wrong with the substance inside that, that shot.
3: Means he's paying attention.
2: Means he's paying attention. He also understands that it was a pandemic, which says everything there politically that he understands the cultural Marxist movement behind all of this. What does plandemic means? What does it mean? It means that they planned. He's probably he's probably laughing at Fauci, not laughing. He's probably angry at Fauci standing there yesterday, refusing to answer questions about the origins of covid pandemic means he knows that the U.S. government was a part of the gain of function research and was a part of the fact that it leaked. And that they used it and they exploited it to crush people's lives and get them under control. And even if you don't believe, in the Stu Peters documentary, Died Suddenly, what he goes into is his theory, and this is why I want to watch it before I recommend it, his theory is, is that it is ultimately about... The Plandemic is ultimately about the great reset and depopulation and transhumanist movement. I'm not saying that's where Ice Cube is. But when you're using the term Plandemic, you know that it was about, it was a play to tr- to transform America from one of a free, so- free society to one that's communistic.
3: You know, he might not be saying it just based off of what I know about the guy. I think he might be thinking it.
2: I think he might be too. You know a lot of people turn their nose up at the rapids, but this is one that's got a brain Nine
3: million dollars
2: nine million dollars nine million dollars that's some that's somebody willing to to sacrifice uh, you know um to protect their lives it's
3: more about his family and the truth
2: yeah, and the thing about Hollywood is that it 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 um i going up to dr Phil recently. I had to have a COVID test. I had to walk around in a mask, which I, I refused to do. They wanted me to leave. I actually had my dressing room that day, and they wanted me to, uh, with with my own bathroom, which was nice, by the way. But if I wanted to go and walk around and go to the craft table and eat food, I had. To, they wanted me to wear a mask, which I just refused to do. Um, but what they told me on the set is that they still have, um, They I can't remember the, the terminology. They have a term for it which is somebody that is the COVID police, basically. Somebody that walks around sets, production sets, um, doing COVID checks. So Hollywood, in, it, for Hollywood, it's as though we, it's, it's the summer of 2020. And Hollywood, that's where they're at with it. We're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to bring in our good buddy Brian Maloney, is going to be here with us tonight. We got to talk about this Georgia race. He knows Georgia really, really well. And Warnock is supposedly up by a few percentage points down there. We've got that to share with you guys. So come on back. This is the Andrea K show on AM 1170. The answer San Diego, FM 96.1 North County, by the way, as well. Andrea K.
0: Telling you like it is while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego.
2: Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Can I, you know what it just occurred to me? In all our discussions the past few days, Skins, and that on social media, follow me on so, all the socials at Andrea K. Show, by the way. Email me at com. Not one person has mentioned cranberry sauce. In anything related to Thanksgiving, no matter how many ways I've asked about favorite food items or what item you don't like on Thanksgiving or what's your favorite thing about Thanksgiving. So, what are your thoughts
3: on the old cranberry?
2: I don't like it. I don't. Well, not out of the can. I never. I'm not a huge cranberry person anyway. I don't like cookies with cranberry and cranberries in them. There's been one time I liked cranberry. Uh, uh, Side dish, cranberry, whatever it's called, was my bestie out of Baton Rouge made some because in Louisiana we we can make anything taste good, right? So she put coconut and all kinds of stuff in it, and basically made me forget there was cranberry. I will
3: tell you, I've tried both out of the can and real. Real is okay, but I'm just not a big fan of of uh, cranberry at the at the table for I'm, Thanksgiving.
2: Yeah, and I'm not a big fan of gelatinous. Types of food. I'm not really into gelatinous substances. Um, So, you know, that might be a good question to bring in uh, to address with our dear friend Brian Maloney, particularly since he's calling in (laughs) from back east, like Plymouth Rock, right? He's our very own pilgrim. I'm dying
1: here. I'm dying here because they grow all the cranberries in my area. We have cranberry box all around here. And when you get them, Andrew, when you get them all, when you get them here, they're so fresh um, and you can watch them harvest them from the bog which is incredible to watch Uh, it's a beautiful thing to watch in the fall and they're so fresh back here that they they're delicious but you don't put you know you just you know you you make the sauce but you're just smashing them up and you're putting it's very light it's not like um but the stuff in the can is horrible i mean that that is i always hated that can stuff So, yeah. yeah, And
2: I don't so want to eat that's anything. The well, true. Um, I'm just not. Well, first of all, I'm not a fan of cranberries, but then also I don't want to see anything on a buffet table that's the shape of the can. Right? I
1: mean, oh, no, no. I, I don't even know how, you know, how much cranberry <laughs> is in that can. I don't know. I think, it's, like you said, it's more jello or something. It's, gel-
2: it's this gelatinous thing. Mama would open up the can and, no. and yeah. empty out. The, and it was shaped like the can and gelatinous. Can, yeah. And it's like, no. I, and she'd slice it up. It's like, and everybody does that, right? No, 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 no. Um, what's your? Uh, we've asked everybody this week that's called in. What's your favorite Thanksgiving traditions? What do you love about it? or not? Well, you know? I mean,
1: I'm right in the area where it all started back here, so yeah. um, you know, so it, it, it's always a weird feeling here, because you're basically standing on the ground where it happened, you yeah. know, 400 year, 401 years ago, um, and so there's always a special feeling, I think, of reverence, and, mm-hmm. you know, growing up in California, I just did not appreciate the, the history back here at all, um, you know, and it didn't matter to me, but I, living back here, uh, i've become interested in the history because i didn't you know i didn't pay any attention to it in school. Um, why would I have
2: <laughs> right <laughs>
1: uh, And, you know but but being back here it's different because you know they were standing on this ground four hundred years ago it 's a totally different feeling so but so what happens around uh, Plymouth on Thanksgiving each year is that uh, the the streets of Plymouth are basically deserted, except that there is a procession called Pilgrim's Progress that occurs uh, early in the day around noon. And they kind of go from place to place dressed in the traditional garb. Uh, But then what happens two or three hours later, unfortunately is called the National Day of Mourning where every leftist lunatic shows up from all over the country and bangs the drums and screams uh, about Thanksgiving, oh. but the locals avoid it. Uh, they don't go anywhere near it. They don't pay any attention to it. Um, they hate it, and they just ignore it, and then it goes away in an hour or two. But it, but it's done for the cameras. It's done for the TV cameras. Mm-hmm. Every year, I noticed Fox was covering it already. Um, I saw an article at foxnews.com about it yesterday. So um, they get all the TV camera coverage they want, but nobody shows up to watch them do it, not a soul. Uh, And, you know, a few confused tourists will walk around wondering what in the world they're looking at. Um, And they usually get about two or three hundred, you know, absolute lunatics. (laughs) But, you know, and they've been doing that now since 1970. Uh, yeah every wow. year since 1970 well you know let me doing that.
2: let me tell you listeners we've actually got a great thanksgiving show lined up for you guys tomorrow featuring scott powell who wrote a book called rediscovering america and he's going to share some history about um the that it, the pilgrims and uh, the Mayflower that is being, uh, is no longer being taught in our schools, but also it's, it's, uh, he's got, and the article is out on the Federalist, and it's about five achievements of the pilgrims that we can learn from as well as about re in, uh, re in, um, Reinvigorating the character that they had. And one of the things that, that, and so I encourage everybody to listen to tomorrow's show if you've got nothing better to do or download the podcast later, wherever you, you get your podcast. But one of the things that I found interesting in reading the article and prepping for the interview. Brian Maloney is that the pilgrims came f- here for faith. Faith has not so, has not right. really really been a part of our Thanksgiving traditions in this country uh, in a yeah. long time, if ever, it's all about the food and this and that, but the pilgrims came here for religious freedom. That was important. No, they
1: absolutely did. And that's the one thing that I, so, you know, when I got back here, I really started studying all of it. Uh, and yeah, I mean, the bottom line is they came from Yorkshire, um, they went first to the Netherlands. They went to the city of Leiden uh, in the Netherlands mm-hmm. uh, and, because they had a little more religious freedom there. They had none in England, none. Yeah. Uh, and coming to America was really kind of, a uh, well, what became America was the last resort. It was kind of a, a move in desperation because they weren't getting the freedom that they needed there in the Netherlands. They were getting more, but not enough. Um and, and so the whole thing was a little bit of a fluke um, and it was an incredible fluke that they ever made it here in one piece at all. And if you've seen that graphic that people post every year, uh, most of the pilgrims didn't even survive till right. the first Thanksgiving, which was a year later. Only right. maybe a third of them even were still alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's incredible what they endured their suffering, um, you know, and yet they're uh, maligned and denigrated by our media today, but they really were incredible individuals who were underappreciated, For their contributions and their sacrifice and their suffering.
2: Yeah, and in fact in Scott Powell's article, he talks about one of their achievements was the 50-year peace agreement they had with one of the tribes of of Indians who on the first Thanksgiving brought all kinds of uh, deer and all kinds of of gifts that they brought to the pilgrims. The the history of Thanksgiving, particularly the religious aspects and and what these people suffered and endured for religious freedom, they have wiped it away from our history books and from the consciousness of America, and it's and it was really, literally, the Mayflower Compact was literally the underpinnings of the U.S. Constitution. Can you stick around with us because I want to talk a little sure. bit about this Georgia race? And you know Georgia, yeah. And of course, yep. it's still an important race because if we don't at least keep it fifty-fifty, then they won't have, then then we won't have the alliance of Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin to protect us right. from the far-left Dems. And there's some stuff happening today in this Georgia race. I want to pick your brain about. So, Brian, I'm gonna- Maloney is going to stick with us, Red Wave America. So you better stick with us, too. Don't go anywhere. This is the Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer, and FM 96.1 North County.
0: A.K., Dynamite in a Dress, or just Andrea Kay, whatever you call her. She's on The Answer San Diego.
4: If you eat on Thursday and shop on Friday, certainly you can vote on Saturday or on Sunday. Tell your pastors to take souls to the polls because this is important spiritual work that we have to
2: do. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay show. In case you didn't recognize that voice, that's the pastor Warnock down in Georgia preaching to the choirs out there to these lefties he's saying tell your pastors to get they need to get the souls to the polls i'm not sure if there's any other pastors down there of churches like his that were evicting residents out of apartments for 25 dollars you know it seems like he needs to worry about his own soul uh, I'm wondering how much we need to be worried about the Senate race down there because it looked as though Brian Maloney is, is has stayed over with us. He, he knows Georgia very well and was down there for the runoffs in January 2021. Um, Brian Maloney, it looked as though this race was ours because they were neck and neck. The independents not going to be in it in the runoff. Then I'm right. hearing today that Herschel Walker is down by four points. How do you see this race happening?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So here's the thing. Uh, The problem for conservatives, Republicans, is for some reason everybody's asleep on this and not paying attention. And we need this seat very badly. Why do we want to turn around in two weeks and lose another Senate race? But everything on social media is, oh, wow, you know, uh, three accounts got restored on Twitter. Wow, let's, you know, let's spend all day talking about it. And I'm saying, I've been screaming at people on Twitter. What about the Georgia runoff? Why aren't we paying attention to that? Are we being distracted from that? And I think we are. So here's the thing, as you pointed out. So Herschel Walker lost by, what, two points, right? Or just not even that. that.
2: Yeah, not I don't, that. it
1: was close. And, and the Libertarian got 2% yes. of the vote. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking, okay, the Libertarian is not in the runoff. You get that 2%. Uh, why can't we win this thing? So now you see Herschel Walker down by four points, so in the poll. So what has changed? Um, and I think what has changed is because we're not focusing on it on our end, our turnout will probably be low because we have a bunch of dejected, demoralized people on our side, and the left feels like, hey, we got him in November. You know, now we're going to get him again in December, and that's our problem. This is a totally winnable Senate race. There's no reason to have, uh, you know, Reverend Warnock for six years. This terrible, terrible person, by the way. Uh, horrible, and, you know, horrible
2: human being. He, he really is. He's and garbage. So,
1: so you, I mean, somehow there has to be a way to light a firecracker in, in Georgia uh, and get everyone to pay attention to this race. And I don't know why that's so hard. I think we're being misled. And we've got people who are supposed conservative leaders who are not focusing attention on this. And I, I want to know why I've been out there asking people, why do you keep distracting us with s- silly things? You know, accounts being restored on Twitter does not win us that election and it doesn't win us any elections ever. Uh, so this whole thing is like we're in this frenzy about Twitter mm-hmm. uh, and that isn't going to save us in two years either. Not one bit.
2: No, in fact, Elon Musk, oh yeah, the, the, all this talk was restoring Trump on Twitter, and then he put some meme out there with, um, lead us with that, with the, Tagline mm-hmm. of "Lead us not into temptation," and it was Trump in a monk's outfit with an eggplant violating a woman, and it was just yeah. absolutely disgusting and filthy. Stop! He has done. He has done more in terms of it, you know um, the Republicans in terms of um, restoring some uh, people and some free speech, if you will, to Twitter than the Republicans. I mean, they've done nothing about it. Um, no, but, no, but 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 he's but he is absolutely no hero and I'm tired of hearing about it he actually he I was too. he restored um, some people and then when it came to Alex Jones he didn't and then it was um, well I lost my first child died in my arms and I just can't stand anybody you know who used the deaths of children and somebody responded to him and said okay so then stop acting as though you're really about free speech you really just well, exactly. you're no better than anybody anybody else who's been here just picking and choosing who should have an account here so I mean yeah, when, I'm
1: not even an Alex Jones fan, but he, this is a dictatorship that he is forming on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, his child died of SIDS in the middle of night in a crib, and it, it, he was not holding that child. In fact, he's, he's an absent parent. Yeah. Uh, he's had nannies uh, taking care of his children, all of his various children all these years. He's not much of a parent. So this whole worshiping Elon thing, Elon is running a religious cult. Uh, and I've been trying to warn people about it for years, and more and more, I'm, I'm, it's a losing battle. Our own side got pulled into it. It's very, very dangerous.
2: Yeah, it is. Um, he did some poll out there about, should I, you know, it was some question about free speech. And I was like, is this a rhetorical question? And there were all these blue checks responding like it was like it was a serious question about what. Yeah, do you, yeah. And I'm like, is this a rhetorical poll here? I mean, of course you should just restore. Every, it was like, should I rest- restore all the suspended accounts and how should I do it and what measures? Yeah, well, I, the, the Trump. Yeah. That was
1: outrageous. That was, he should, if you want to restore Trump, restore him. Don't take a poll.
2: It's so stupid, you know, and, and he's just got all the blue checks. And by the way, this thing about blue checks, uh, all these blue checks are upset today that he's going to sell. Um, anybody can get a blue check if they buy a subscription for, uh, you know, from him, pay for mm-hmm. it, and it's going to devalue the blue check as though any of these people have any value whatsoever. The verification process no was stupid to begin with. And it was, And it, yeah. in fact, it was part of the problem of free speech because it meant to say, That these people here should be heard more than anybody over here. In and of itself, there should be nobody with a blue check.
1: No, and that's exactly right. So we're being led astray here. We're being led off of the path of freedom and electoral victories and, and saving America, moving America forward. You know, we're being pulled right off of that path by someone who has no interest in helping us whatsoever. It is entirely. Self-serving, what Elon Musk is doing, and we've got people these uh, you know influencers on our side who a lot of them are grifters, Andrea. I mean, oh, yeah. a lot of them aren't even our people really at all
2: no they're just they're just money makers and you know hat tip to them for you know finding a way to make money off the system but you've got to be careful with who you're giving all what i recommend people do and i'm honored that there's people who listen to my show every night or watch on facebook or whatever but you need to be getting information from a variety of sources and the first Mm -hmm. thing you need to do first of all is to read Read the Federalist Papers. You know, read the you know Communist Manifesto. Read, um, you know, read, uh, you know, um, oh, what what was the Democracy in America? Uh, Brian Maloney, I'm out of time. Have a very, very happy Thanksgiving. We love you. We'll have you back next week. Okay. All right. Take it easy. Hour two is coming up. Are we about to have a rail strike? Financial thought doctor will share his thoughts on it. Don't go away.